0: We're going to talk about why the COVID-19 projection models are wrong. Trump goes ham on the reporters, calling them out for working for China. And Tommy Lee from Motley Crue goes on an explicit rant of some coke-induced rage letter that he sent to Trump. And we're going to read what that is. Welcome to America, the podcast. I'm your host, Joey Saladino. We're going to get into everything going on in America today. Let's get into this. Listen to Trump call this. Reporter, a 3rd weight reporter. Listen to this coming up.
1: How long has that person been in government? Uh, Did serve in the previous administration. Oh, you didn't right. tell me that. Oh, I see. You didn't, that, you didn't tell me I'm that, John. You didn't tell me that. Did on. serve in the previous administration. You mean the Obama administration? Thank you for telling me that. See, there's a typical when fake news deal. She, you asked me no, when look, she was appointed. Look, Trump, I told you when she was appointed.
0: Trump is pissed at these. Look at the. Look at his face. The little sniveling swine. Little. rodent rat. Trump is pissed at these people, and he's calling them out every time he can get.
1: Third-rate reporter. And what you just said is a disgrace, okay? You
0: asked me, you said, sir, just got appointed. Take a look at what you said now. This seems like Trump kind of snapped a little bit. I, I'm liking it. I like when Trump, because this is, this is our build-up emotion. This is how we feel, and he's expressing how we feel about these people.
1: Now, I said, when did they, when did this person, how long in government? What, what, well, it was appointed in the Obama administration. What, what, Thank I'm you very much, John. Thank you very much. You will never make it. Go
0: ahead, please. <laughs> you would never make it. Oh, on the on the <laughs> ventilators, oh, that's so a this we'll draw, he goes, but... boy. He, he goes, boy. He's terrible. Ooh, do you like when Trump acts like this? I love it because this is this is how I feel when I'm frustrated about these 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 uh, leftist journalists. Yeah, wait, real quickly. Um, Trump fights with that. That's ABC's John Carl um, calls him fake news. Um, let me look up really quickly a little bit more about this guy. I love how Trump really roasted him and really went off. There seems to be nothing about this uh, squabble online much. Just Fox News um, in Phoenix reported on it. That's about it. But yeah, I mean, I, I love watching Trump interact with in these press conferences. It's funny because I'll randomly t- turn on the press conference. I don't really sit there and watch the whole, t- whole time. But every time I turn it on and he's talking to the press, it, it's always – He's always roasting them. He's always owning them. He's always putting them in their place. And these reporters that are coming in, they're probably even more intimidated going in, knowing, oh gosh, if I say the wrong thing, if I challenge him too much, the little president who is a roast master is going to come down on me and destroy me. And that's what we see happening over and over again. I think that's why Trump lets these reporters in because he just... They're there as a punching bag. They, they're there so he can beat up on them, and that's what I'm seeing. So let me know what you think. You know, obviously, we know anyone can spread the disease. All right. Unwittingly. Right. So why even have a few businesses open? Why not just shut everything down? There are grocery stores that are open, fast food places. Why even take a little chance? to shut? This dumb mainstream media reporter really just advocated for grocery stores and fast food joints to be shut down in, in the midst of this pandemic.
1: Well, we're going to have we'll to answer that question later. All I can say is that right now things are looking really good and opening up with a bang will be a great thing. And there's nobody going to be happier
0: than me. Wait, where do these people come from with these dumb questions? And watch this one more time if, if you're watching you look how serious he looks. All right, unwittingly. Right. So why even have a few businesses open? Why not just shut everything down? There are grocery stores that are open, fast food places. Why even take a little chance just shut a little have for to shut up temp- a He's, he's acting, like, so, so concerned. Where does the media find these people? I swear, I think these were the homeless people on Hollywood Boulevard. I think they just picked them up, sent them over to D.C. And it's like, hey, we need you to ask Trump some questions. Where do these people get off? Where, do, where does this guy think that this is a valid question to ask the president of the United States? Grocery stores and food stores. Literally the most essential of the essentials. He's advocating, like, why aren't we closing these? Well, because people need to live. People need to eat. We can't have uh, government vehicles go through every city and every town and every state delivering food to everybody every single day when you can just have grocery stores. Come on, dude. It's, it's, this is, I don't, I don't, I, (laughs) I get why Trump gets frustrated at them and calls them out and goes, you're fake news, get out of here, I'm going to start, like, I, I get it and watching this i i i feel what he's feeling and i want i want to just pow, 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 smack him in the face these 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 reporters it what like what somebody replied um, only thing about dumb questions is that it gives a good opportunity for a person to clear things up and explain to many people watching these could be easy questions I don't know what they meant by that. I actually hate to say this, but I kind of agree with the reporter. If everything was closed and everyone would have to stay home, if we actually had a true national quarantine within two weeks warning, this could be and significantly slowed air, uh, already. Listen, the the quarantine. If you lock everyone in their house for two weeks, all you're doing is delaying the inevitable. Because then they're still gonna have to come out, and they're still gonna eventually get exposed. <laughs> if you lock everyone in your house for two weeks, the coronavirus doesn't just magically go away. People still have it in their system. It's still out there. People still have it. It's you're just delaying it by two weeks if you make everybody stay at home. The only way to get it to actually get it done is if one, you come up with a vaccine or some really good treatment, or if you just build up herd immunity and everyone starts to slowly get exposed. I mean, it's <laughs> to lock everyone and everyone in all 300 million people in America in their house and they can't leave. Just think about the logistics behind that on how. The world will function on how you're going to have to feed everybody <laughs> that's just it, it is ridiculous. you got to think about it. It's ridiculous. Trump calls out this reporter for working for China. Listen to this.
1: We had the biggest trade deficits in the history of the world with China. Now China is going to spend a lot has agreed to spend two hundred and fifty billion many billions of dollars in our country, much of it going to farmers and manufacturers. So I'll let you know. I mean, I, I hope they're gonna honor the deal. We'll find with out.
0: China, are you cooperating with I don't know. China? Uh, who
1: are you working for, China?
0: <laughs> you I'm work not, for China? Working- or- oh, that's just funny because he's like, "Who are you working for, China?" And it's just some clearly Chinese woman with a heavy Chinese accent. It's just it's just funny. His timing on that.
1: You with a newspaper? Hong who are you with?
0: Hong Kong Phoenix TV.
1: Who owns that, China? It's is it owned by China? No, is it owned by the state? No,
0: it's not. It's a private loan company. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, look, I'll let you know. I'll give you a good... Just because it's private doesn't mean that China's not running it, even though it's in Hong Kong. Let's be real. Look at TikTok, for example.
1: i answer to that in a few months. I wanted to see what they do. Because it's time for them to help us. Okay? It's time right now for China to help us. China. And hopefully they do. And if they don't, that's okay, too. But we signed a deal. It was signed in with great goodwill and spirit. And it's time that our farmers benefited, our manufacturers benefited, and we'll see whether or not that deal is on.
0: China better help. Uh, let me know if you think they should help or not. We're going to read this article. Uh, I think it's going to give us a little bit more insight on this woman and who she works for. A remarkable scene played out of the ho- uh, White House uh, COVID 19 press briefing on Monday evening. President Trump uh, was asked by a Chinese reporter from Hong Kong Phoenix TV about uh, cooperating with China on the pandemic. Um, they're just detailing what happened. Phoenix TV has been identified by U.S. intelligence agencies as a major overseas outlet used to spread pop propaganda and promote the policies of the communist government in Beijing. Beijing. The Hong Kong television station also was ha, has close ties to Chinese intelligence uh, service and military, according to the Washington Free Beacon. Why are they even at the, the press conference? Recently, the White House Correspondent Association tried to ban own channel uh, uh, Rion from the daily press briefings, only to have a White House press secretary, uh, so- so-and-so, invite her back. Uh, many commentators noted the significance of American establishment media attempting to forbid a fellow american journalist from doing her job and that seems about it so yeah, let me know your thoughts on that. Jeez. Uh, Boris Johnson moved to intensive care as his COVID-19 symptoms worsen. Uh, right now, Boris Johnson from the UK, he is uh, experiencing, I guess, a serious case of COVID-19. And this does not stop the left from rejoicing and celebrating. We're going to read off the story, and then we're going to go into the left's reaction to this right now. So a spokesperson said that he was moved uh, on advice to the medical team and was receiving excellent care. Mr. Johnson uh, has asked foreign secretary whatever to dispute where necessary. The Prime Minister 55 was admitted to the hospital in London with persistent con- uh, symptoms on Sunday evening. The Queen has been kept informed about Mr. Johnson's health by um, no 10 10- According to Buckingham Palace. Um, that seems to be the gist of the story. But we're going to go into what the, these leftists are saying as they're cheering and laughing at him. This one, uh, Ken Kippelstein, um, it doesn't say what he does, but he is one of those verify leftist check marks on Twitter. Boris jo- He said this Boris Johnson's called for a bat S, I'm not going to say the word bat S. A plan that that sought to let people get sick and could have killed millions. He bragged about COVID-19 not stopping him from shaking people's hands. If you can't understand why some people are going to find this funny, I don't know what to tell you. I responded, another verified leftist laughing at death to support their agenda. Not surprised here. Um, and then if you go and if you go on Twitter and you type in the F word Boris and you just search what people are saying, this one says poor Boris, no poor NHS, F that scruffy man. I'm just reading off based on what I see from top to bottom. In as the poor Boris, people start sliding here. The man is an awful human being who is who's willing to restart the troubles again if It enabled his friends to become richer. F him and no, I don't feel one bit sorry about it. World would be better off. I've never seen someone on the right ever act this way when someone on the left gets sick or is dying. If I see anyone celebrate or glad that Boris Johnson is in rough shape, I will block you prominently. Okay, good. We got, we got some good guy there. Now, this person, Boris, is working from hospital. F off. Where to believe that the prime minister is sitting in an effing hospital bed as patients are dying uh, by the hour. Um, let's see. F your political views on Boris. This fella has a fiancé at home with, with a child on the way. Show some respect. That is true. F F F Boris is an in intentional care. Let's hope he gets back. Okay. So there's a lot of people on this tag. Oh, this one says, okay, there's a lot of people telling people that are saying F Boris. They're saying F people saying <laughs> F Boris this is, this is a nice combat, but Regardless of fact, there are radical leftists out there, and since they don't like Boris's platform and agenda, they are wishing the worst for him, which I personally don't know much about Boris, but I'm assuming he's probably more on the right side if I'm seeing leftists laugh and happy that he is in intensive care. Um, So Tommy Lee from Motley Crue sent an open letter to Trump. And here is what it says. This is probably going to get me banned from YouTube or demonetized for saying this. So here we go. An open letter to the president. Dear fucking lunatic, you are (laughs) at your recent press conference, more a word salad that had a stroke and fell down the stairs. You were clearly so out of your depth. You, need mut- you needed scuba gear. Within minutes of going off air, your minions were backpedaling faster than Circus Ole acrobats. In India a week ago, I couldn't get past the bit about your being the most popular visitor in the history of fucking India, a country of a billion human souls that's only 3,000 years old, give or take. Trust me. Gandhi pulled crowds, you pulled a cricket stadium, and half walked out. As in, I'm reading this as it says. It's, it's pretty difficult to read because it's just so ridiculous. And, and I find it strange. I don't, I don't find it strange. It's just funny how all these uh, liberal celebrities are all crackheads. Do you know how fucking insane you sound? You off-brand butt-plug. That's like a geopolitical equivalent of that stripper really likes me. Only 10,000 times crazier and less self-aware, you are fucking exhausting. Every day is a natural experiment in determining how long 300 million people can resist coring out their own assholes with an ice auger. Every time I hear a snippet of your queen's tingled banshee larynx farts, I want to scream. This guy has some serious mental issues. My God, we are fucking tired. As bad as we all thought your presidency would be when Putin got you elected, it's been inestimable worse. You called a hostile nuclear armed head of state, short and fat. (laughs) This is when he was referring to the guy from uh, South Korea. I don't don't think he... Did he call him short and fat? Or was that just implied? How the fuck does that help? You accused a woman, a former friend no less, of showing up at your resort, bleeding from the face and begging to get in. You, 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 the guy who looks like a Christmas Haggins inexplicably brought to life by Frosty's magic hat. Yes, you of all people said that. I, I'm totally lost with what this guy's what this guy's rant is going on about. You attempted with evident fucking glee to get twenty four million people throwing off their health insurance. You gave billions away to corporations and the already wealthy while simultaneously telling a Struggling poor, uh, telling struggling poor people that you were doing exactly the opposite. By the way, the the font that he used does not make it any easier to read. You endorsed a pedophile, praised brutal dictators, and defended literal fucking Nazis. Ninety-nine percent of everything you said is either false, crazy, incoherent, just plain cruel, or rancidly pale of a. F- Of all four. Well, I mean, I think he's describing his own fucking thing here. (laughs) Oh, by the way, Puerto Rico is still Fubar. You got yourself and your family billions in tax breaks for Christmas. What do they get? More paper towels? Enough, 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 enough. For the love of God and all of that is holy, good and pure. Would you please finally and forever shut your frolescent KFC hole until you have something valuable or even marginally civil to say I mean is he just he's describing himself in this own letter (laughs) you are a fried dick sandwich with a side of schlongs if uh, chlamydia and gonorrhea had a son you'll appoint him to uh, HHS secretary You are disgraceful, um, hot stew full of whatever, uh, god-awful ideas, unintelligible, non-sequitur, and malignant rage. Uh, you are the perfect circus-something diaper from, uh, Plato's World of Forms. You fuck, so fuck you, Mr. President, and fuck you forever. Oh, and Pence, you, um... I can't even read that word, house ferret, (laughs) fuck you too. You'll be as useful as a chocolate teapot against a medical crisis, you Bible-thumping cocks socket. What in the world is wrong with this guy? These are the mentally ill celebrities. This guy is a mentally ill celebrity that hates Trump. And that seems to be the constant throughout the board. These mentally ill celebrities are the ones that just—they lose their mind. They're doing too many drugs. They burn holes in their brains. They're not all there. Somebody was saying, "This
1: house is a fucking prison."
0: Oh my gosh, I was just watching one of his videos. He made a TikTok. That should—that should say enough. Um, yeah, it, it's wow. What it? What a what a fucking idiot. I mean, I'm already cursing in this in this episode, so might as well just keep fucking cursing. This guy's a fucking moron. <laughs> All the doomsday projection models for COVID-19 have been proven wrong constantly time and time again as more data comes out. We're going to talk about why these projection models are wrong. So first thing to come out just now, outrageous top experts use CDC move total U.S. uh, COVID-19 deaths from 2.2 million to 200,000 down to 82,000 in only eight days. As more data comes into these projections, we get a more pinpoint uh, uh, exact answer on uh, the estimated deaths of COVID-19, literally from 2 million down to 82,000 that is a big difference and a lot of these models did account for social distancing now there has never been a time in history where we can account for uh social distancing to work because it's never really been done before And we never and currently right now we need to compare that with the control models which we're going to see uh when this is all over we're going to be able to compare it um with the control models that didn't do lockdowns so in new york Uh, needed about 20,000 beds out of an estimated 55 to 110,000. 110,000 was what the projection models say were needed. Only 20,000 were needed. Um, Also, the new hospitalized is down. In this graph, um, the the purple is the real number, and these are the projection models. And over here, the newly hospitalized is just uh, plummeting downwards on a daily basis because... It looks like we've hit the peak there. Now I want to talk about why these projection models are wrong, and the reason why they're wrong is because they were they were built on faulty data and incomplete data. If you're looking at the numbers as a whole, based on the confirmed cases, let's just look at Italy for example. If we're looking, and and also these projection models don't account for many of the variables that should be inputted and that may not even be possible to input, such. Such things include, um, you're only accounting for the confirmed uh, in these projection models. So when people are entering the hospital because they're severely sick, they're going to go under as confirmed COVID-19 case. And since they're entering the hospital to get tested and to be admitted, they're going to be on the higher end of the spectrum when it comes to the most severe. So you're disproportionately counting the most severe cases in your projection models. That's why you're getting numbers from Italy showing 11% death rate. Also, eighty uh, percent of those are uh, statistically uh, not from COVID nineteen, just with COVID nineteen. So you're having more data being inputted that skews your your data and which will screw the projection models. So then also other projection models said about 40% infection rate, and then, you know, some said 10% death, some said three, some said four. So when you input that, oh, wow, um, it looks like the infection rate is 40%, so 40% of the people in America are going to get infected, and then, oh, it looks like three anywhere from 3 to 11% of people who get it are going to die. And that's a very (laughs) basic, stupid way of looking at it because you're looking at it with incomplete, skewed data that's overrepresenting the serious cases. Now you're going to have to break that down. If you want to get a real data set, and this is what I've been doing since day one, you need to account for estimated real cases, not just confirmed cases. When you're doing estimated real cases, you might find out there, there are actually 100 times more cases than the confirmed. But... All of those 100 times cases are either so mild or just asymptomatic that they're not even appearing because no one's going to bother to get tested because they don't even know they have it. I had a, a little bit of a cough yesterday. Who knows? I could have had COVID-19 for all we know. I'm not going to get tested. It was a little bit of a cough, and it's gone. So when now I have immunity to it or more likely immunity. And what the other piece that these projection models don't account for is that over 99% of these cases come out to be mild. When we're looking at the confirmed cases, 95%, and if you're looking at the real numbers and you break it down, you're going to be in the 99th percentile of cases are mild or asymptomatic. That is very important when building up the herd immunity. The herd immunity is important because when more people have the virus and they get better from it and they develop the antibodies, the virus basically is rendered useless, where it, it can't spread because the herd has an immunity to it. And this is another part of the projection models don't account for, which is very important because they're only going based on confirmed cases. You need to go on the estimated real cases. So there's 8 million people in New York City, and there's over 100,000 confirmed cases. One can assume that the real cases might be 5 to 10 times higher than that. Now you're looking at a half a million to a million people who have COVID-19. All of those are going to be mild or asymptomatic that spreads and becomes more mild asymptomatic cases building up a herd immunity that is why we're seeing the total the daily death rates and the confirmed cases start to level off and even go down especially in Italy this is data that's hard to quantify that's why it's hard to put it into a computer to give these projection models but it it boggles my mind how these PhDs in Pandemicology, whatever it would be, these what these people specify in, could be so terribly wrong. From two point 2. two million down to eighty thousand, we literally crashed our economy based off of bad projection models that didn't have enough data input into it, didn't have enough variables factored into the data to come out with a, a legible solution. Uh, I've been tweeting all day. Uh, I tweeted, COVID-19 doomsdayers, you are wrong. Be happy you are wrong. This is a good thing. Um, also, the Dow Jones soared uh, 1.6 thousand points after growth rate of the coronavirus cases appeared to slow. So the market is becoming very optimistic that this stuff is on its way out, which it is. Um, Breaking, California sends 500 ventilators to loan to U.S. stockpile. Other states would be there for us. Just a few weeks ago, the Cali governor said that there'll be 25 million COVID-19 cases in his state. He was wrong. There's only 15,000 confirmed. So why are we still on lockdown? We need to get out of lockdown because this has been proven to be a big fraud, a big scam, the doomsday projections of the COVID-19. Now we're down to literally numbers that are literally flu numbers. I think it was in 2017 or 2016, I believe there was about 80,000 people died from the flu or maybe 60,000, whatever it is, it's around that range. Now the estimated death for COVID-19 is literally the same amount. As the flu. I'm not a. It's just the flu crowd. That's not me. I don't promote that. It's just the flu. Because there's no such thing as. Just the flu. The flu is a deadly killer. And that I'm not. And when you say it's just the flu. You're kind of undermining. The the real. Death. Caused by the flu. A lot of people die from the flu. That people don't realize. But that being said. That's not. That doesn't warrant a total economic shutdown. When you look at the lockdowns, we lock down everything, and the reasoning was to stop or slow the spread. All it does is delay the inevitable, because if you're in your lockdown, you're in your home for two, three weeks, a month, because you don't want to get sick, as soon as you go back out, you're going to eventually get exposed to it regardless. So I have a case that the lockdowns don't really help that much. If anything, it would help with just... Um, lowering the flood into the hospitals of people just getting sick really quickly or you're trying to stretch it out over time. But I don't even think that that was a real problem. It seems more viable to expand hospital resources, hospital space, hospital staff in order if there is an uptick because we're pretty much stacking a flu season on top of another flu season to it's better to prepare the hospitals and medical professionals for an uptick in cases that need assistance. That is a more viable solution than shutting down the entire economy for a month or two to, to to adjust to hospitals. We should just make the hospitals adjust to the demand, not us adjusting to the hospital's demand. That is very detrimental. That is a very important um, I think that's a that's an important policy that we should have took. We should have not have shut down the economy. But the media, the left, fear mongered this. They wanted the the economy to shut down. They were doing it based on bad projection models, bad predictions. It was it, it's all around bad. Even the ones that accounted for social distancing. I always got to say that because there's always going to be those people that come in. Oh yeah, well we social distanced. That's why that's why we didn't, we were the projection models went down. Listen, even. The socially distancing projection models were wrong by fifty to eighty, sometimes ninety percent. All these models were wrong. Does this make me smarter than a PhD, doctor, scientist that made these models? Yeah, yeah. You know what? It does make me smarter than them because they're they're an idiot. They're an actual idiot. I've been saying this since January, February. People have been telling me, "Oh, just wait two weeks. Just wait two weeks." Oh, this is going to age terribly. Oh, this tweet. You should delete this tweet. is going to. You know what? They all aged gracefully. <laughs> Because I was right. I was right the whole time. So hopefully we continue to see this trend of the COVID-19 leveling off or being downplayed. Let's read off what uh, Andrew Cromos said. Uh, New York debt's effectively flat for two days. um, Just as we were being told that we're going to be entering in, um, I think what they said would be a combination of 9-11 and... Pearl Harbor combined in one day um, when dealing with the deaths of COVID-19, which I don't think tragedies of war is a fair comparison for sickness and illnesses, because if you want to make that comparison, I guess the deaths daily from cancer and heart disease would be like a 9-11 every single day. I don't think that's a, a fair comparison to compare a tragedy to an illness and a sickness. I don't think that's fair that that's 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 lowering the importance of those who died tragically from terror attacks of of war uh, that's why i don't like to use those comparisons those comparisons are very disingenuous and they're used to invoke a sense of fear remember the fear you felt on 9/11 remember the fear that older people felt from Pearl Harbor, you remember that? Well, you're going to have that fear every single day. It's, it's a bad ploy for fear mongering. Also, one other part of these rejection models that they did not account for was the age groups. They didn't also account for the age groups and the, the already terminally ill. Because 40%, about 40 to 50% of all the deaths in New York City from COVID-19 were from people 75 and older. With pre-existing health conditions, and I think if you account for 65 and older, you're probably in. That's probably 80 percent um, with already pre-existing conditions that that uh, that that died. So when you're accounting for these numbers of the demographics that are dying, and then you're accounting for the, the real death rate, it comes down even more. And th- those are other factors that were not even considered into the projection models because. Because then you wouldn't have landed on those numbers. (laughs) I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't don't even know what they were thinking. They were looking at the most basic math approach to these projection models where there's so many real-world factors. Another real-world factor is the specific city and state and their climate and the density. New York City is extremely dense, and the climate is perfect for COVID-19. So you would expect the worst of the worst to appear in New York City. So they're, but the thing is, they're using New York City, and they're using the data from there to map their projections in other cities. But each city has different factors and variables that would affect such outbreak. Whereas New York City, everyone's packed on a subway in the cold. It's not like that in Florida. You're not going to see the same effect in Florida because the va- the the fact that the variables are different. And they didn't factor any of that into any of these equations, which is mind-boggling. So, yes, I'm smarter than the experts. Don't trust the experts. They're all idiots. These are probably the same people that said we were going to be drowning from global warming. These are probably the same people that said Hillary was going to win um, with 100% certainty. And we crashed our economy based on a bunch of idiotic projections that every day, every single day, as we add more data to it, this thing looks more like the flu and less like Doomsday. Thank you guys so much for listening to America the Podcast. Please rate five stars if you can. Please subscribe if you're not. Send this to a friend. And you can also text me, 917-540-8768. Ask me some questions, and I might put you in the mailbag. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day. You, could, you can stop listening now. The show's over. Go away.